welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. All hour today, we're going to be talking about the huge number of Michiganders who suddenly find themselves jobless amid the coronavirus pandemic. Specifically, we're going to talk about how to connect those folks with unemployment benefits. There are a lot of efforts to expand unemployment eligibility during the crisis, but there are also a lot of questions about who will ultimately get that help. A little later in the hour, we're going to talk extensively with the head of Michigan's Unemployment Insurance Agency, who will answer your questions about getting connected to benefits. But first, Senator Gary Peters is one of the lead sponsors on the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Act, which was included in the federal coronavirus stimulus package. It creates an unemployment compensation program that significantly expands benefits for out-of-work Americans. And joining us now to talk more about that is Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat from here in Michigan. Gary, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, great to be with you as always, Steve. So let's start by talking about what this bill does. Well, the, the bill in relation to the unemployment, as you mentioned, expands eligibility dramatically um, beyond those who would normally qualify for the traditional unemployment insurance. And uh, the, the bill is really designed uh, from a work that I do as a ranking member of Homeland Security. We oversee FEMA. Uh, clearly, FEMA right now is the lead agency in coordinating the federal response to coronavirus, but FEMA is the agency that deals with natural disasters uh, on a regular basis. And what uh, what happens now uh, is that if a hurricane, for example, comes into a region, devastates a region, unemployment insurance is available to folks uh, in that uh, situation who suddenly find themselves uh, unemployed uh, for a variety of reasons. And we expand the eligibility to not just uh, workers in the company that's paying the unemployment insurance, but folks who are, uh, who are independent contractors, who are self-employed, uh, folks who are actually small business owners who find that their small business has been devastated as a result of the disaster and need income in order to keep food uh, on the table and a roof over their head. Uh, uh, it includes uh, folks who may have just recently been hired as well that haven't been there for the long period of time. If you just take took a job and then find yourself unemployed a few weeks later and the rug pulled out from underneath you, uh, you wouldn't be able to qualify for traditional unemployment insurance, but you can uh, in this situation. So uh, I thought it was important that we uh, get that incorporated, that kind of framework, which had already been successful, put it into this larger framework, because clearly we may we, we have, uh, certainly we know what happens when a hurricane hits a region. Mm-hmm. Now we have a hurricane that's basically sweeping across the entire country. Mm-hmm. So the, we needed to change the unemployment system to make sure we were taking care of folks uh, who are uh, oftentimes uh, one paycheck away from a financial disaster. So now those folks uh, will be able to uh, get into the unemployment system, uh, but it was also important to make sure they had the money necessary to to move forward. And and right now, traditional state unemployment only uh, compensates for a percentage of the the previous income. In Michigan, it's somewhere in the range of 150 a week to up to 360 a week, depending on your prior income. But it was important to get more money into the hands of folks, uh, especially to make sure that they were taken care of in the short run, but also so we could jumpstart the economy when we get through this, because that's another issue to talk about here is how difficult that is and how we have to make sure we can get the economy back on its feet as quickly as possible. And so in that, uh, what will happen is that folks who are getting unemployment insurance from the state of Michigan, whatever the amount they qualify for, that will then be supplemented by $600 per week uh, for those individuals, and that goes for four months. 
So for the next uh, four months through July, people will get, if they're on unemployment, will get their whatever they're entitled to under the state of Michigan plan, plus $600 a week. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the big questions always with unemployment benefits and packages like this is how people who have kind of non-traditional work uh, situations are able to qualify. So under this act, for instance, tip workers are sort of at the mercy of their employers when it comes to how big a check they will get. It depends on whether their employer counts those tips as income. Talk about how that's going to affect people here in Michigan and around the country. Yes, and I think you know every state's rules are, are different. You're going to have the person who can tell you about those rules here in the state of Michigan later. Mm-hmm. But I think the important factor for all of those folks, uh, as they're looking at whatever the Michigan m- amount is, they will all qualify for the $600 per week. That comes through regardless of what the, the state is going to determine based on their formula. You know, Again, that formula could be anywhere from 150 uh, a week to 360, I believe, is the top. So whatever, whatever that number comes out to, uh, and the state's going to determine how they do that through their formula. Whatever that is, people will still get $600 a week on top of that. Hmm. Uh, what about people in the gig economy and people who are paid under the table, another kind of dimension of our economy? Are they eligible for help through, through this bill? Well, uh, certainly the gig economy, if you're reporting that, if you're being paid under the table and not reporting that, uh, I'm sure that's going to be a lot more difficult for the state to determine what exactly you've been paid and how you can show that you've been paid that. But folks who are in the gig economy, who are who are working as independent contractors, uh, reporting their income and working like anybody else except they're working for themselves, uh, those folks would be included. Yeah. Um, give us an idea of where you think we are in, I guess, the narrative of federal legislation that's responding to this to this crisis. This is, of course, not the first package. Uh, what else is on the table? What else do you anticipate that you think we'll have to deal with uh, in, in Congress to make sure that people are getting uh, the relief that they need during this pandemic? Well, it's uh, it's still uh, early to say what will be in that. There'll be uh, really the fourth package. This is the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was a big one, as you know, over $2 trillion, mm-hmm. an unprecedented amount of money going into the economy to, to keep it moving forward. And, and I just want to say again, you know, what I worry about is that as we deal with a simultaneous public health crisis, and, and I want to reiterate, first and foremost, it's a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with that first in order to be able to move on with the economy. But you have to still simultaneously deal with the economy and making sure we can restart uh, quickly. I mean, we, when you just keep everybody at home and everybody separated, that's the absolute opposite of what you need to get an economy going. So these two two crises uh, work against each other, making it even more difficult for us to get back up on our feet. And and I think it's very important to folks to realize uh, you can't just push a pause button on the economy and then at some point in the future push it again and just expect everything to snap back just like it was. Uh, that doesn't happen that way. Hmm. And uh, the longer it lasts, the more difficult it is. And what uh, is particularly concerning is the health of small businesses. Small businesses are the engine of growth for our economy. They employ the vast majority of people in our economy. And small businesses are the most vulnerable when it comes to what we're dealing with right now. If you talk to folks even with large businesses, the auto industry will tell you they're very worried about the supply chain and small businesses and whether they will survive. And if they don't survive, it's really hard to get the supply chain working again for larger businesses. We're all interconnected with these small 
small organizations. And so the, the key aspect of the bill that we just passed is to uh, uh, get out 7A loans. Business owners who are listening will be familiar with that. 7A mm-hmm. loans are from the Small Business Administration that helps small businesses get the capital that they need. We've expanded that. Uh, we've guaranteed it. Uh, we're pushing out uh, uh, $350 billion in, in 7A loans, uh, and that's that's uh, versus what normally occurs, which is about $35 billion a year. So it's a big increase. But the important thing about this help is that uh, when you hear a loan, and if you're a small business owner, you're thinking, last thing I need is more debt because hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have my business survive. And so there's a forgiveness provision. You, the loan will be forgiven if you keep your employees on the payroll, for example. And businesses are going to want to keep their employees on the payroll. So when things turn around, we go back to work. They already have their employees on the payroll. They're ready to go uh, right from day one. So under the legislation, if you keep your payroll and you keep people on, whatever amount you're spending on that payroll will be forgiven from the loan. It's not going to be debt for you, basically helping you pay your employees uh, as well as other expenses, mortgage costs, lease expenses, things to keep your business uh, intact. Uh, that goes for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So for the next eight weeks, uh, people will be protected and small businesses will be protected and their employees will continue to have the opportunity to get paid. So your question about what's next, uh, that's something that's only eight weeks from now. Yeah, I think we're all waiting to see how long will this be. I think most of us fear it's going to be longer than most people realize. And so we may have to revisit that to make sure we're keeping the economy together as much as we can while we get through this tough period of slowing down the spread of the virus. So, so I, I also want to give you a chance to talk about leadership at this time and the things that we're seeing the leader of this country say and do. What's your reaction to the, the, the president's seesawing, I guess, is one of the things that I really have noticed. I mean, he started off saying this was a hoax. Then he said it's something we're going to have to take sort of seriously. Then he went back to this idea that maybe it's not as bad as it looked and maybe it's just like the flu. And now he seems, again, to be in the space of saying this is more serious and it's going to take us longer to figure out how to to get past it. Um, that inconsistency, I think, is tough for people to make sense of. Those of you in Congress, uh, what cues are you taking from the president, from the administration, about how serious this is, how it needs to be handled, and how we need to be communicating to people how they need to be managing all of this? Well, it is difficult. You're you're absolutely right. There's no question there's been a seesaw back and forth. In fact, uh, particularly at the beginning, uh, not treating this as seriously as it should have been in the beginning stages, that we're paying the price uh, for that. When you think about South Korea uh, versus the United States, South Korea had the first case of COVID-19. Uh, either it was the same day as the United States or within within a day. And where they are versus us is like night and day. They took it seriously right from day one. They did massive testing. They used all the tools that public health can use to deal with a public health crisis. And now they're on the other end. People are starting to go back to restaurants. They're starting to get back to their life. Uh, and we're still now in a phase where we're looking at seeing the spread uh, continue uh, at a, rap- a more rapid rate uh, going forward. Uh, we squandered time that we should have been really gearing up for what was clearly going to be a very serious crisis, as was being told by the World Health Organization and others. And then when you continue to get seesaws back and forth, it is very confusing. I will say to your question, where do you take your cues? I'm taking my cues from public health experts. Hmm. 
public health experts from the University of Michigan, from our other universities here in our state, folks around the country who talk about how you actually deal with a pandemic and a public health crisis and how you have to deal with it in a comprehensive, strategic way, understand how you have to deal with the disease while also making sure you have stability in an economy and the stability within the population. It's, it's complex, uh, but it's something that is, needs to be put together in a comprehensive plan. It would certainly be great if the American people understood what that uh, comprehensive plan uh, was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not getting that, certainly, from uh, the president, but there are a lot of folks in this country who are thinking about that, and we're acting based on those uh, the input we're getting from those folks. Okay, before I let you go, Senator, I'm going to ask you the question that I've been asking all our listeners and many of our guests uh, over the last week. How are you doing through all of this, and uh, how are you adapting to all of the change that we see? Well, yeah, thank you for asking. You know, so far, so good. Uh, we're all healthy uh, folks in my immediate family as we're spread around uh, the country. And my wife and I are here in, in our home here in the Detroit area. But uh, it is uh, tough uh, for me, like everybody. My mother my mother is uh, 95 uh, years old. Uh, she just uh, celebrated her 95th uh, anniversary a little over a week ago. And uh, Certainly, uh, I would have loved to have been able to be with her, give her a hug and a, a kiss and spend some time with her. But she's in assisted living. Uh, can't do that. Uh, had to stay away from her. We had to do that uh, uh, versus uh, uh, face uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, but it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. But it's what we're going through. Everybody's going through right now. And it's the, those kinds of uh, relationships that uh, are, uh, are really being strained right now. Or I shouldn't say the relationship's strained, but it's just very hard to do it. Uh, we just have to find other ways to keep that relationship uh, going, Facebook Live and uh, other kinds of uh, tools that we've been using to do that. But it's hard, but every everybody's going through it. Every, we're all in together, and I think you know that's the thing about this crisis is that we've been through very hard times in this country uh, before. Uh, we'll uh, continue to have those, but we always get through them. Because we do it together, and we we understand that uh, each one of us pay, plays a very important role to get us through this crisis, and we're there. I'm confident we're going to get through this. We're going to be stronger as a nation when we get on the other side, but it only happens if we, we come together and understand we're all sharing uh, these challenges together, and we're all part of the solution. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that uh, you're well and your family as well. Uh, thank you very much for being here with our listeners today. Great. Great to be with you, Stephen. All right, up next, we are going to talk about state unemployment benefits, what they'll look like during the coronavirus pandemic, and we want to hear from you. What is going on with your employment status here during the pandemic, and what questions do you have about unemployment benefits? We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We're talking this hour about unemployment benefits and what they'll look like, how they will work during the coronavirus pandemic. There are lots of people, of course, losing work, losing their jobs, losing pay, and we need to make sure that people have the kinds of supports that they are going to need uh, in, in in incredible ways 
in the next few weeks and months. We want to continue the conversation here with some people who are struggling through these questions, either as employees or as employers. And in a little bit, we're going to be joined by Steve Gray, who is the director of the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency, and he will be here to answer your questions about unemployment benefits during the pandemic. Uh, you, If you want to get in line to talk with Steve Gray, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Again, Steve Gray of the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency will be here to answer your questions. But right now, I want to welcome someone else to the program to talk about what is going on in his world. Greg Rayner is co-owner of Cafe Muse in Royal Oak and a partner at Marrow in Detroit. Greg, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you very much, Stephen. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with your restaurants and your employees now that uh, we, we can't have dine-in service at restaurants and bars here in the state of Michigan. Yeah, it's definitely affected us greatly. We're down probably, I would guess, maybe 90 to 95 percent. We had to basically lay off all of our employees. It's it's just very hard. Yeah. Uh, And and talk about the unemployment unemployment dimension of this. Uh, It's not just something that affects... The employees that you had to lay off, it also affects you as a business owner. That's correct. My partner actually went to sign up yesterday for unemployment, and it came across as um, zero money allowed. I know that they're trying to work through the system to correct that, but right now we're kind of in limbo. Mm. And you have this concern also about your employees, and if they file for unemployment, it affects you as well. Yes. Um, as an employer, we actually have to pay into the UIA funds. And if we have too many employees filing, then it raises our insurance rates. Yeah. So one of our concerns is, obviously, this is out of our control. We hope the state will recognize that and hopefully not hit us with a huge UIA bill. Yeah. So, So give us a sense, Greg, of what you're thinking about in terms of how this ends. And if it ends in the next few weeks, do your businesses come back the way they were? If it goes on for a month or a few months, does that prospect change? Give us, give us a picture of what, how you're thinking about all of this. I mean, right now we're just trying to get through day by day. Obviously, David and myself are at the restaurant. We're trying to do as much carry out as possible just to keep the lights on and keep the landlord happy. That's that's our number one object right now. As far as two weeks, that would be an ideal scenario. I think realistically we're looking at one to two months. And if it drags on that long, then who knows? A lot of us will not be around anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be, that would be really unfortunate. Uh, I want to welcome someone else to the conversation. Matthew D- Dudek is a freelance uh, musician who is also trying to figure out the unemployment picture during the pandemic. Matthew Dudek, welcome to Detroit Today. Hold on a second here. All right, Matthew, are you there? 
Hey, good morning. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm uh, doing well, thank you. Uh, tell us what's going on with with you. Uh, you work mostly in music theater. You were in the middle of a tour when it got canceled. Uh, give us an update on uh, where you are. So I am a non-union music um, freelance musician. I think that's important because I do know the union does great things for a lot of those folks, but mm -hmm. a lot of my work comes from the non-union spectrum of things. Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, I was on a, on a tour. I was out for a month. Uh, with some some folks from uh, from Ireland, you know, doing some St. Patrick's work and all that, and that got canceled halfway through the tour. Um, I was set to do a lot of shows, musical theater shows, when I got back. Um, this is a great time for high schools that they put on their showcases and their shows, and all of a sudden, not only are those kids not able to perform their shows, which is really disappointing for them, but for a lot of us professionals that you know make a chunk of our our living this way, we we no longer have those opportunities. And so what are you doing, and how are you getting through this? I mean, as a freelance musician, you're kind of used to when there's no work, there's no work, and it is what it is. You know, a lot of us do a lot of teaching as well, um, but even that is obviously not happening. Some people are trying to teach lessons online uh, with some mixed results happening with that. Mm. But um, for me, the thing that's kind of caught my interest in all this is that for the first time that I can ever remember, um, supposedly gig workers like myself are going to be covered um, with some of this uh, unemployment stuff that's coming out right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I have started an unemployment um, claim. Um, currently, it shows that I don't get anything because I'm not set to. I don't have employer. You know, most of my work is 1099 at the end of the year. So when you look at it for unemployment, there's nothing to claim. Um, so right now, it's showing nothing. Um, so I have a feeling that the system is not set up with the newest updates that, you know, we've been told about the past, you know, week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, I asked uh, Greg Rayner, who is a uh, part owner of Marrow and Detroit and co-owner of Cafe Muse in Royal Oak about what happens when this all ends. And if it ends in a few weeks, is that different than if it ends in a few months? I wonder if you can also give us a, a sense, Matthew, of how long you feel like you can maintain during during all of this financially? I mean, for myself, I'm fortunate where my, my wife has a wonderful job that can keep us at least afloat. So, you know, I'm not in the same predicament as some of my, my colleagues who, you know, this is part of what they need to pay their bills. And unfortunately, there's no real end in sight. You know, if, if things are up and running in two weeks, does that mean the schools are going to be back in? Does that mean their shows are going to go up? You know, are students going to be able to start taking lessons again we, we really don't know and we're kind of at the mercy of of the world at that point you know i think everyone's starting to see how important entertainment is how important you know all these these things that we do for people mm -hmm. but you know are we going to appreciate them are we get how fast are we going to get them back up when when everyone's really kind of ready to start getting back out into the world yeah okay matthew dudak a freelance musician here in the Detroit area. It was really great to talk with you and best of luck as we all try to figure out how to get to the other side of this. Thank you so much. Story. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day too. Yeah, you too. I also want to welcome someone else to the conversation here. Jennifer Lydell is an artisan who operates and designs a small line of accessories and apparel and runs a retail shop at the Rust Belt Market in Ferndale. Jennifer, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, give us an idea of what's going on with you and the pandemic and the whole question of unemployment and uh, unemployment issues. 
Uh, well, being an independent artisan, you know, drawing a 1099 for myself, I've until this point not been eligible to claim any sort of traditional unemployment mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also part of a part of my business comes through retailing at a group market where there's probably about 40 of us and all of our business came to a screeching halt when we closed let's see on the 13th we did not open on the 13th so um i'm just kind of a part of a large group of artists that have been enjoying the benefits of a vigorous economy where people have excess to spend on what's considered i suppose novelty items Hmm. um and now all of that is kind of thrown in question with that. Uh, so I'm just kind of looking at that great unsure period of if and when business comes back, will people be spending on unnecessary items? Sure. And what do I do to get to that point? Yeah. Uh, what about the retail shop at the Rust Belt market? Uh, well, I mean, it's there. It's existing. We're maintaining. But... Until we can open, no one knows what that looks like. You know, we've been fortunate in that we've had a large number of independent shops that have been there and established themselves for, you know, our lease terms are probably about, people on average say about two and a half, three years per per shop there. There's a lot of us that have been there for many years. So we've put a lot of time in establishing clientele. The local clientele is very supportive of us. Mm So we have that to go back to, but when we're able to reopen to serve the local community as well is the great unknown. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked our other callers and guests. How long? How long before this does permanent damage to your business? How long can you hold out while this takes place? Uh, You know, I've been attempting to recession-proof for a couple of months. Um, my business in general, unfortunately, that's kind of been in my, my recession proofing has been a plan of in-person shopping mm. and curating in-person shopping, which is now non-existent. Mm. Um, I do have a, enough savings to maintain for a couple of months. Um, but after that, you know, I've probably got two, maybe three months of solid savings for my home and business that I can maintain. And then after that, I'm really, really scrambling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Jennifer, we do hope for the best for you and your business as well. And thank you very much for calling in uh, today on Detroit Today to talk about this. Great. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing attention for uh, we self-employed workers. I really appreciate it. Sure. Uh, Greg Rayner, before we break, uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk with the state official who heads the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency. I wonder if you can talk about what guidance you would like to hear from the state right now about unemployment and unemployment insurance and all of these issues that that business owners are all going to have to confront. One of my biggest concerns is obviously being in the restaurant industry. It tends to be on the margins of society. I actually have one of my employees who doesn't have any state ID. He's not able to apply for unemployment. So what are the solutions for for people like him? Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great question. Okay, Greg Rayner, co-owner of Cafe Muse and partner at Marrow in Detroit. It was really great to have you here with us on Detroit today. Okay, thank you. 
Up next, we are going to talk with Steve Gray, who is the director of the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency. He's going to be here to answer your questions about unemployment during the pandemic. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Liz in Garden City, Linda in Ann Arbor, Shelby in Detroit. We'll start with you. If you want to join them, give a call. You can also go to Facebook and to Twitter and put comments there, and we'll get them to Steve Gray as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Celebrating 70 years of radio in Detroit, 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I am really glad you have joined us. We're talking this hour about unemployment during the coronavirus pandemic, how it will operate differently, what you are able to do, especially if you're somebody who has non-traditional kinds of work uh, in the gig economy, uh, what, what, what kinds of things are going to be available for folks to get through all of the economic downturn that we're seeing. I want to welcome a special guest to this discussion. Steve Gray is the director of the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency. Steve, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. And uh, Steve is here to answer your specific questions about unemployment, how it's working, how it's not working, if you're having trouble getting signed up for unemployment or getting uh, having a hard time figuring out what your benefits might be or if you're eligible. Steve is here to give you great information about all of that. <clears throat> Before we get to callers, though, Steve, I want to talk about what is going on. The state announced this week that it's extending unemployment benefits for people who are affected by the pandemic. Talk about what has changed and what that will mean for people who are affected. Sure. So um, first of all, that we're adding uh, an extra 13 weeks uh, to the, the normal 26 weeks to get to 39. And then there's a, there's a whole group of people that wouldn't normally qualify for unemployment insurance because they don't have what we call covered wages. They don't, they're independent contractors, they're 1099s, they're self-employed, or they, they don't, haven't had um, enough of a work history. Um, those groups are going to be covered by a federal program called Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. And they'll be eligible for um, between 150 and probably $350 uh, a week in benefits. And then there's also another federal addition, um, which adds $600 to every regular state unemployment insurance claim and also $600 to the, um, the people that would qualify for the pandemic unemployment assistance. Yeah. And what I would imagine you guys are flooded right now with requests and and questions. Uh, talk about what you're hearing from people about uh, what's going on in their lives and and what they what they really need to know right now about how unemployment's working. Yeah, there's so much uncertainty out there right now. Um and you know, the good thing is that um you know, the federal government has has stepped up and is is going to provide some additional assistance that I think is going to, you know, go a long way to help stabilize people. Um, and so um, I know there's there's a certain level of 
you know, frustration out there from some people that aren't able to get through in order to fill out their applications. Um, so I just want to say to those people, um, you're going to get through, you're going to get paid. Um, our system behind the scenes is working well. Um, we're taking 50,000 plus new claims a day. Um, and so if you can go online and use the online system, um, you know, that's what we're, we're asking people to do. Um, we've had trouble uh, just because we have such a huge volume of people calling to file their claims. Mm-hmm. And we're really asking everyone that can um, to use the Internet to file their claim. If you've got Internet access, please use um, the Internet to file your claim. And we need to save those phone lines for people that don't have Internet access or are having uh, trouble with their login. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Uh, let's get to listeners here. And again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's start with Linda in Ann Arbor. Linda, welcome to the show. Are you there, Linda? Hi. Hi. Yes. Go ahead. I, I am. Um, I did file online. I'm uh, an older gal, so I'm not so tech savvy, but it was pretty easy to do. I had to wait a couple of days and it stalled a few times, but I was successful. But I kind of made a mistake and signed up for a debit card for my delivery payment, uh, delivery of payment. And I'm wondering if I could switch that. Um, I went back online to see and I didn't see anything. I'm wondering if I can switch that to direct, to direct deposit because I think it'll be faster. Hmm. Great question, Linda. Steve Gray, uh, give her the info she needs here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're asking everybody that has direct deposit to use direct deposit. It'll just make payments so much quicker. Um, there's two ways that you can um, speak with somebody to request a, a switch on that. So um, you can um, go log back into your MyWAM account, and there's an opportunity to send a web message or a web notice, which is kind of like a, an email notice that'll, that'll go to one of our agents, and they'll respond to that. Um, or we also have uh, the opportunity for you to chat with somebody. Now, the, you know, the, the whole times on the chat can be, you know, over an hour. So, um, but, so web notice is probably the best way. You just need to, to go online, complete that web notice, and then somebody will respond to you. Linda, I hope that uh, information helps, and uh, good luck sorting out uh, that question. Let's go to Liz in Garden City. Liz. Welcome to Detroit today. Hi, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is that um, I was a substitute teacher, and um, they fired us all uh, back in 2018. And at the time, I was working through cancer treatment, so I was working. And I, but they don't pay you for time off on vacation or you know sick or anything. And then they fired us all, and the schools said that they would rehire us. So I, instead of filing for unemployment, I went and signed up with the school. And the school then <laughs> let us all go and switch to another provider. And in the meantime, I was having major health issues. My immune system wasn't doing so good. I won't go into the story, but needless to say, I was struggling, you know, physically, and being around the kids wasn't good. So I, instead of going switching to the new provider, I chose to look for another job. 
in hindsight, I should have filed for unemployment right away, but I didn't know that. I, I just wanted to look for another job. And I'm older. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. I thought with the economy being what it was, it would be easier mm. than it was. Um, and I wasn't able to find another job. And I've where I was just getting callbacks in the last few months for jobs, and then this pandemic hit. Mm. And I filed for unemployment a couple of weeks ago, and they said I didn't make enough money to yeah. qualify for benefits. Wow. And and I thought, okay, I didn't make enough because they didn't pay me for sick time. And it's like, I did my best. But I'm wondering now under the federal one, if I should reapply or if I have to reapply or if I would even qualify. I, I'm I'm like, I'm terrified now because... I have no income. I can't go out to Kroger or, or any of those places and get a job. I'm immune compromised. Mm. So I, I, I'm not sure what to do, and yeah. I'm trying not to panic. Right. Liz, uh, the, the, your situation is uh, is very concerning, obviously. It, it sounds pretty pretty unusual as well. But Steve Gray, what, what would be available for her through unemployment? So it sounds like, um, and we're still waiting for guidance from the from the federal government on implementing the, this new program, which we we hope to get this week. But absent guidance, it sounds like you would actually be covered by pandemic unemployment assistance. And so you'd get somewhere between 150 and 350 dollars plus the 600. Um, so um, you do not have to reapply if you've reapplied if you've applied in the past, you know, three weeks or so. Um, you don't have to reapply. We're, once we get the clarification and get that program up and running, mm-hmm. we'll be notifying people um, that have applied um, already and been denied because they didn't have enough earnings. Yeah, and and if Liz runs into trouble, where where should she reach out to someone to help? So, you know, our again the um, the web notice. Um, the online chat, um, yeah, she can she can reach out to us. Okay. Um, and and as long as she can get online, she she she'll have an active MyWAM account if she's applied recently, and you can use you can use that to communicate with us. Okay, Liz, uh, we appreciate the call and the questions, but of course we also really wish you wish you the best over the next uh, weeks and months as we try to figure out how all this is going to. To shake out. Let's go to Diane in Detroit. Diane, welcome. Good morning, Stephen. Um, I'm calling. I am um, uh, work for a small business, um, and I'm concerned about the forgiveness loan and the details on how to apply for that. Mm. If uh, you could share some information. Yeah, uh, Steve Gray. What about the forgiveness loan? You know that, that we're not, not administering your, that, yeah, I know. <laughs> that that forgiveness loan. Um, you know, there's a website. I'll I'll um, there's a, a small business administration uh, website that has a lot of information on that. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you go to um, actually our website, um, Michigan.gov/uia, uh, mm-hmm. there's a link. Um, for employers, and there's a link for employees. 
Um, and there's also a link to corona- coronavirus information. If you click on the link for employers, it, it should give you a list of the resources that are out there. Um, I know that there's a you know there's a good there's a good way, website up there that that has information about the the small business loan forgiveness. Okay. All right, Diane, I appreciate the call, and and again, get online, and and I think you'll find the information that uh, that you're looking for, and of course, good luck with all of that. Let's go to Shelby in Detroit. Shelby, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. My question is, what benefits are available for those of us whose unemployment benefits expired last year? And I'll take my answer off the line. Yeah, great question, Shelby. Thank you for, for the call. Steve Gray, what if your unemployment benefits ran out last year? So if um, basically the, the, gov- the governor um, in an executive order um, provided the extra six weeks of unemployment benefits to um, anybody with a, an active benefit year in effect. So if you've if you currently still have a benefit year in effect, so it could be up to a year um, in the past, um, you'd be eligible for the additional six um, six weeks, and um, and then the the, the thirteen week extension on top of that. So um, so if you um, if you haven't already, you need to go in and either reopen your claim um, or or file a new claim online. Okay, uh, Shelby. Again, thanks for the thanks for the call and the questions. We've got some Twitter and Facebook questions here. Vanetta on Twitter says she's a Lyft driver in Detroit, but has not filed her 2019 state or federal taxes yet. Can she claim unemployment as a gig worker? And when would that be available to her? Right. That's that that they're the group of people that would be covered under the pandemic unemployment assistance. Um, and so we're waiting for direction on that, but we're, you know, developing a program, um, so that people can apply. So if they, if you haven't applied, um, we're asking for you to hold off, um, until we get more direction. We expect to have that this week and then we'll be putting out information on that. Um, we'll get it out, uh, far and wide so that, that people know, uh, when to apply for that. But, um, in all likelihood, she's going to be eligible for the pandemic unemployment assistance, which is, you know, the 150 to 300 plus, you know, the 600. Mm-hmm. Uh, listener Sue says she's been working full time at the same company for five years, 40 plus hours a week. Because this pandemic, because of the pandemic, she's taken a 10% hourly pay cut and is only working 15 hours a week. She applied for unemployment, however, she has not gotten a check yet or heard if she is eligible. Is she going to be eligible for not only unemployment to make up the difference, but for the six hundred dollars? What what kind of eligibility does does she likely have? Yeah, as as long as you're eligible, and she it sounds like she could be eligible for partial um, benefits um, based on part time earnings, um, and so um, as long as you're eligible for some. Um, unemployment assistance, you'd be, you'd get you'd get that plus the the six hundred dollars. Plus so six hundred dollars. Yeah. after you apply, you should get a an email notifying you that there's been a monetary determination sent to you, and it's posted up on MyWAM. 
So, um, you know, it's, it usually takes two or three days for that to, to come out, and that'll tell you how much benefit you'd be, you'd be eligible for. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you to the listeners who are responding on social media as well. We're trying to work those comments into the, the time here with Steve Gray. Let's go to Jill in Royal Oak. Jill, welcome to the program. Hi, yes, good morning. Hey. Um, my question is about, I, I, was current, I was unemployed before the pandemic hit for about three months. I was in negotiation stages with a company. I'm getting a job, and obviously everything came to a screeching halt. Because I was unemployed, um, am I eligible for the additional 13 weeks? Hmm. Um, and am I also eligible to get the uh, $600 because I was previously collecting unemployment prior to the pandemic? Great question. And I can take my answer offline. Yeah, Jill, thanks for the call. Go ahead, Steve Gray. Yeah, so um, as, as long as you've got some weeks left in your benefit year, um, so if you've, um, you, you, you certainly just need to reopen uh, your claim. Um, if you didn't, if you had a benefit year, I think this is similar to a previous caller. If you had a benefit year in effect within the last year, and it sounds like Jill did, um, then she's going to be eligible for that, that uh, six additional weeks plus the 13, um, you know, depending on how things go with the economy, and then the, the additional 600. So, um, Jill, you just need to go back in and, and, um, and, re- and try to reopen your claim um, and, that, and that's how it, you know, be able to access those. Okay. Let's go to John in Birmingham. John, what question do you have? Yeah, hi, this is John. I'm a freelance photographer. I use a 1099, and I applied, went through the process, and two days later got a think I was disqualified uh, for Uh, are you still there? Oh, too? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you were disqualified. Uh, yeah, so basically there was no what is it IUA insurance. Okay, okay, uh, great question, Steve Gray. What's the answer for John? Yeah, so John, you're going to be covered, I believe, under the the new pandemic unemployment assistance, and so you don't you just need to sit tight right now. Everybody that's like I said applied in the last three weeks or so can just sit tight, and then once we get that new pandemic assistance up and running, uh, you'll be notified. So um, we're... Um, and when will you know, that go into effect? Well, it, it, it can be backdated as far as January 27th. Hmm. So, um, but we're, we're still waiting for guidance from the feds yet before we, um, you know, we launch uh, the, new, the new system, but we're working on it right now so that it's ready to go as soon as we can. Okay. Uh, good luck to you as well, John. Let's go to Kathy in Rochester. Kathy, what question Hi, do you have? thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I'm a co-owner of a C corporation, but I'm we get, you know, we're paid employees, and I was wondering if we're eligible and I'll take my answer offline. Thank you. Yeah, great question, Kathy. Steve Gray, what about people who own corporations but are essentially employees of those corporations or paid that way? Yep, they'll be eligible for one or the other um, in all likelihood. Um, yeah, because they, they've got they've got earnings over the last a connection to the workforce. Um, so <clears throat> if they're not eligible for regular unemployment assistance, which I don't think they are, then they're going to be eligible for the pandemic unemployment assistance. It's the type, you know, the self the self employed, the 1099s, the um, you know, those are um, 
you know, the people that are, this is designed to cover. Mm. Uh, listener Janet asked a question that is central to a lot of the issues we've been hearing about. When can self-employed and gig people apply? As of last night, she says she was not able to do so. We're hearing a lot from people about that, that question of timing, I guess. Right. Yep. And we're asking people, if you haven't already, just to, um, just to hold off until we get direction from the feds. We don't, it, it'll just be a lot less confusing if we've got the system in place. Um, and so um, as, soon as, we, as soon as we get the clarification that we need from, from the U.S. Department of Labor, um, then, we'll, um, you know, then we'll give a date out there when we want the people that haven't already applied uh, to go in and, and do that. Okay. Steve Gray, director of the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency. It was really great to have you here to answer questions for our listeners. If they have other questions, they should go to your website. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Michigan.gov slash UIA. And there's lots of information up there about the new programs and and, um, hopefully answer a lot of the questions that they have. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thanks again for being here. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That will do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow when we continue the conversation about vulnerable people in the city of Detroit in particular and how they're being affected by the coronavirus, but also how they're coming together to support one another and connect each other to resources. I hope you join us for that show. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.